Welcome to the Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports. The line starts here as we take you behind the counter for an all-access look at the biggest events in sports. Through the minds of career Las Vegas odds makers, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Want the very best in odds boosts, promotions, and contests? Download the Superbook Sports app. Follow us at Superbook Sports on social media and head to Superbook.com. Superbook.com today. Now let's jump behind the counter and talk with the odds makers before we get our wagers down. Here's your MC, Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It is the Odds Makers presented by Superbook Sports. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. John Murray. The Johns have it today. No Jay Cornegay. It did just hit me. I don't know how. Uh, that all three of us are named Start with Jay, so it's a good letter and it's a good pod. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How's it going? Big, uh, big start to the college basketball season. Yes, I've been enjoying that. I'm excited. I'm going. I'm going to try to go to that. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it's like Baylor, Virginia, UCLA, Illinois. They're playing at T-Mobile. Oh, okay, yeah, one of the many uh, pre yeah. non-conference I like, tournaments. I like those things. I thought you were going to hit me with uh, UNLV Incarnate Word on Saturday. I'm going to the UNLV football game on Friday. Oh yeah, against cool. uh, Fresno State. It's a big one yeah. for my Fresno State to win the Mountain West ticket. Still alive yeah. somehow, uh, despite good. the fact that Jake Hayner missed some time. It's good to see Allegiant Stadium. It is a very nice. Venue. I can't re- and I can't really go to the Raider games because they're always on Sunday. That's very true. Raider tickets have to be getting cheaper, right? I've tried. I've tried to like kind of massage my connections. Like, hey, give me a game pass, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. No, it's been. T- I've been told no every time. Yeah. Although, well, they're you're, playing your team this week. Well, I was going to say, yeah. so we're not going to hit on that game, but it is worth pointing out. You're a fan of funny football. That has the potential to be very funny. Yeah. Jeff Saturday, somebody calling plays who's never called the play in the mm-hmm. National Football League for the Colts offense. Josh McDaniels maybe getting fired because it's been such a nightmare for that team. If the Colts with Jeff Saturday as their head coach go in and win that game in a potentially terrible contest, it'd be great. Yeah. Low energy hire, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> just it, just an uninspired hire, and it's and it's played out pretty much how I thought it would. Yep. And I think the... he's going to get fired, and I think he's going to go back to being a, an assistant with Bill Belichick. Yeah. And then in two or three years, some team is going to be like, hey, let's give McDaniels a shot. Patriots offense is good. And it's not going to work. Feel like this is it. Okay, it's got it. It's the it's, NFL, man. They just they point. recycle these guys uh, over I, and over. I don't know. Maybe it's it. It was actually so one of my prime moments as a young up and coming like star in media was actually here. Aren't you still a young up and coming? Yeah. Okay. But like this is my one of my prime moments. All right, I thought it was uh, kind of past tense. Uh, I don't know. You're right. That's, that was very cocky of me. Um, okay. Was actually in the Superbook Theater. And to your point about guys being uh, retreads. Watching a uh, Titans game, Jeff Fisher, and I just stood up and I go, how does this guy keep getting jobs? You said that out loud, like so other people sitting with the at that time, I was trying to impress Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Journal. Yeah, well, that's uh, Steve Cofield of ESPN Las Vegas. And it was one of my hot takes early on. It was like, oh, they're good. They're fine. It was the midst of like that weird 13 and three year that they had. Oh, I was right. Jeff Fisher stunk, but he kept getting jobs. That was like 2008. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little off of my timeline. I don't know. Little inebriated. I remember when the Titans. I remember the Titans had that one team with Kerry Collins at quarterback. That was really good. I remember the Colts. And had they that lost team. to the. I think they lost to Baltimore in the divisional playoff. I remember the Colts had the team with Kerry Collins at quarterback two weeks before the season started. They called him and said, "Hey, can you play quarterback for us?" They Didn't did. Really, yeah, you got to go look it up. It was oh, the year that uh, Peyton Manning originally got hurt. It's a good season. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I did well on a bet that year that I can't divulge. Well, can you divulge how Week Nine was for the Superbook? Saturday and Sunday. The NFL or like in general? The NFL was boring. Yeah. We had an awesome Saturday. We had our best Saturday of the year. 
We had uh, our biggest volume of the year, our biggest win of the year. Did awesome on the Tennessee-Georgia game. Yep. Uh, we did great with the Astros winning the World Series, which I know some other books didn't do too well on. We did, we did very well on that, so we were happy with that. Saturday was great. Sunday, terrible. Yeah. We didn't really lose any money. It was just the games were so bad. Low handle, low energy. The volume. Low, yeah. There was low volume. We won too much money on Saturday. So there was no nothing to play back for some of our big house players, and the games were awful. I mean, obviously, when the NFL set the schedule, they thought that Rams Bucks was going to be one of the biggest games of the regular season. That's why they cleared out the afternoon. I understand, but that game sucked. Yep. Hey, what do you mean? There was a comeback for Tom Brady. It means it was great, yeah. right? I didn't really see much of it, but I saw the memes <laughs> after the game, and it was like it was like a person carrying all kinds of weight. And they compared that to Brady carrying the Buccaneers to victory. Did not the Buccaneers' defense hold the Rams to 13 points? Uh, I think did they have like negative two yards in the fourth quarter. I mean, close to that. That was a great drive by Brady to win the game with no timeouts. And he should have won the game earlier when Scotty Miller dropped that touchdown. Mm -hmm. So Brady was fine. But I wouldn't say that he carried them to victory when they won 16 to 13, John. I, I would completely agree with That's that. That's absolutely ridiculous. Can I rewind really quickly? Because I do think there's an important note when you're talking about Saturday. Mm -hmm. Because I think the general consensus when people hear about like the public and what sides they are on, they assume big favorites, right? Moneyline parlays, things of that nature. Tennessee, though, was a very public underdog, was it not? In oh, that they game? were. Yeah. They were. And we had some of our biggest house players betting Tennessee right up until the end, taking plus 10. Uh, I think it was plus six first half, five and a half, six, something like that. And then we had some of the sharpest groups were coming in laying Georgia. Yep. Also, right on Friday at first, but also right at the end laying Georgia again, laying nine Saturday, like an hour or two before kickoff. So when you see that, generally speaking, you know what's going to come next. Yep. And uh, we saw it. Tennessee yep. wasn't really in it from that contest. Tennessee played pretty well, actually, defensively. I mean, uh, they, they, they hung in there during that game. I feel like there was part of it was Georgia was just kind of like, all right, like, let's do what we need to do. They built out a big lead, and they knew they were going to suffocate them. There was no need to really open up the playbook anymore after that. Uh, that's definitely possible. Right? Like, what, uh, what do you think of this? If, so if Tennessee wins their last three games, mm -hmm. they are obviously going to make the college football playoff unless somebody beats Georgia in the SEC title game. I mean, I wouldn't say, obviously, I think there's still Oregon that looms out there. Does Oregon win the Pac-12 as a one-loss Pac-12 champ? There's a shot that they would surpass Tennessee. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, what do you do there? Yeah. One of them's a conference champion, but they both have losses to Georgia. to Georgia. And I would also say, if anybody's looking at the college football playoff rankings now and going, yeah, but this, these rankings don't matter at all. No. And they'll just, you know, jump teams and whatever it is. So I would say Oregon is the biggest one that's kind of hanging out there. I think Tennessee's still very alive. But I think if Oregon wins a conference championship with one loss, I think they're in. I want Alabama to win out and win the SEC and get into the playoff. Oh, I would love it. Because people would just completely melt down on Twitter. Keep you, it would be so fun. I keep hearing that, like, hey, it's, no, there's cares? no loss. A two, there's no way a two-loss you know, two conference champion. They, they wouldn't make it in if there's a bunch of one-loss you know, conference champions out there undefeated. No, they would do it for Alabama. Of course they would. I had, a, I had a bet on LSU to win the national championship in 2007 when they lost two games, and I won. Mm-hmm. Because they got into the national championship. They beat Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. I won that bet. Stupid bet. Remember when uh, we were never going to get an all-SEC championship game? Yeah. The BCS era? You, you, know who, you know what crowd has gone silent? Is the Remember the SEC myth crowd? Yes. I think sometime around their 20th consecutive national championship, those people decided that, okay, we've seen enough here. SEC's pretty good. Maybe not this year, outside of Georgia. I don't know. Tennessee's pretty good. I, I don't really know who's good. Yeah. 
I don't know. They, right. they, they want us to talk about the NFL. That's, that's what this means. Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Do the NFL. NFL Week 10, Games of the Week, Seahawks at Buccaneers, uh, foreign soil, Munich, Yeah, actually. All right, you want my mind-blowing statistic here? This is, yeah, you teased this, it. I, like, I thought we were just talking. No. Like, I thought we were having a conversation, and then it was like, oh, this is for the show. I feel like you're going to like this. So this is ah. courtesy of NFL Network. I believe it was Jane Slater who had this on a report, but it was via the NFL Network. Mm -hmm. Did you know that in terms of flight time, there's only an hour difference between the flight from Seattle to Germany and the flight from Tampa Bay to Germany. Really? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, one of them's going, it's it, in terms of like Florida, they're super far south, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it makes up the difference for what's, you know, just kind of cutting over the top of the globe, I suppose, for Seattle. I'm yeah. not a geography major, but no. So if anybody's thinking, no, you're not. If anybody's out there thinking, because I would assume I, that was my thought, it was like, hey, yeah. travel's going to be brutal for the Seahawks. It's going to be almost the equivalent of what the Buccaneers are doing. So how, just keep bad, that in mind. how bad is it for these guys? I mean, they, they got to be on these big chartered planes. I know that I know the Superbook team, not me, but you guys are you've, you've chartered a plane in New Jersey today. Yeah. You've got an appearance at a bar in Hoboken tomorrow. That's right. How, what is that like? It's not that bad. I mean, right? it's my first trip, so I don't know. Right. But Wicked Wolf Hoboken, yeah, check it out. Wicked I'll be Wolf. there tomorrow. There's other people there. Like Tiki Barber, I Tiki guess. Tiki Barber, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be there. That's pretty but, cool. uh, I did not make it, shockingly enough, on the big graphic with the pictures on it. Who's on the graphic? Uh, it's Tiki Barber and uh, and his wife. And his wife. And his you wife, know, if, Tracy I, if I was going and I wasn't on the graphic, I wouldn't go. <laughs> I would just I would just not go to the airport. Well, we have to focus. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're getting derailed. Superbook right. opened Buccaneers two and a half in this game. And the total at 44 and a half, and that's pretty much where it is. Actually, you guys opened 46 and a half, but it's reopened to 44 and a half. Mm -hmm. So I'll just ask this. Buccaneers only two and a half points better on a neutral than the Seattle Seahawks is where we're at now with Seattle, huh? Seattle every week gets the sharp money. Yep. I mean, they got it. They definitely got it last week. They won at Arizona. Another very poor performance from Kingsbury and the Cardinals. And, and Tampa's a team that uh, continues to underachieve. You know, they stole that game in the end at the end against the Rams, but it wasn't a good performance. And the Rams are a mess. I can see why Tampa's a small favorite in that game. Seattle is just playing really well right now. They, Seattle's going to be really good. They've got all these draft picks. They've got all these young players. They're going to be like the best team in the NFC soon. You think so, huh? If they find a quarterback. I think they've already found one. Geno Smith's not that old. I don't know. Uh, four straight wins and covers for the Seattle Seahawks. And, of course, they are 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread in their last six. I'll ask you this. When the, on the last note on this game, I would think that this number does give you an indication of where the respected support is, right? Because yeah. if there was some respected res support out there for Tampa Bay, this would not be two and a half. It would be three. Definitely, uh, for sure, and and I know I know Seattle is going to be a very popular teaser option this week. We've yep. got a low total; they can go up to eight and a half. True neutral, and the Bucks uh, they just can't score. Yep. You know, I mean, I know that their quarterback carried them to victory last week, but they just cannot score. All right, let's go to Minnesota on the road against Buffalo. So I thought that this was going to be a wake up call for Minnesota. I thought they were going to kind of run into the bus off that Bills defense. Kirk Cousins barely getting by the Washington Commanders, although we now call him Kirk Thuggins after uh, rocking all right? the... Hey, you see all the, the ice he was rocking on the plane on the way back from the Commanders win? No. You didn't see this? No. I also kind of wanted to call him Kirk Cutsons because he has shredded. Like, he's got a six-pack. Yeah, I could he's see that. He's actually totally ripped. Really? Uh, yeah. I'll show, I'll so, uh, I, didn't, you uh, I had no idea that the show was going in this direction today. Well, I just I pointed out, you know, set up the narrative here. Right. But I thought that Kirk Thuggins and the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> were going to run into a buzzsaw here. Yeah, uh, Kirk it, Thuggins. Maybe not going to be the case... Josh Allen, uh, this number is down to four and a half here at the Superbook. For those who didn't have an idea, the look ahead was nine and a half. So clearly, 
Uh, this is moving in the direction of Minnesota because of the speculation that Josh Allen is injured and maybe not going to play in this game. It is an elbow issue, UCL, and potential nerve damage is what they're evaluating him for. But I'll say this. So actually, I'll ask you, from your guys' perspective, first off, you leave the number up, right, and you just kind of adjust with the market? Yeah, I mean, we, we that's kind of what you have to do nowadays. You don't want to close an NFL game right? unless you really have to. I mean, we, I think we did have to do that a few times during COVID where, like, uh, you know, a, a quarterback would be in, like, a meeting room with another person. Yeah. So he might uh, have to be incarcerated for a month. Until in those days, better. too, you're talking about, like, multiple players that would probably start popping up at once, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So that, that, was, that was a challenge. Uh, but we really don't like to do that. So what you're seeing in, is, a, is sort of an in-between number. So that the look-ahead number would have come down anyway because of the Bills losing to the Jets on Sunday mm-hmm. and the Vikings beating Washington. Uh, so that number was already going to come down. What that number is, is an in-between number, assuming that if Allen does play, he won't be 100%. But if Allen is officially ruled out and Case Keenum is ruled in, the line will go even lower than that. So I would ask you then, because a lot of people believe the betting market to be like this predictor of things to come, essentially, right? So a lot of people look at this line and go, oh, Josh Allen's not playing. But we've seen this before, right? We saw Justin Herbert, what was that, like a month ago? Where yeah, we, against Jacksonville. It, yeah, and so when you're talking about that speculation where there was a reporter who goes, oh, we didn't see him play at practice. Number just comes crashing down, mm-hmm. but then eventually he plays. So is this really an indicator that he's not going to play, or is this just a market kind of hedging itself? It's definitely an indicator that he's not going to be 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, my guess is they'll probably hold him out of the game. I mean, it's, still, it's pretty early in the week. We're talking on Wednesday morning here. They probably should hold him out of the game if he's hurting. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I'm sure the Chargers wish they'd held Herbert out of that Jacksonville game. They got crushed anyway. There was no point in playing him in that game. But they probably should. But the number would come down a little bit more if he was officially out. So this, this number right now is showing a injured Allen playing. Under three, if it's Case Keenum? I think it could be. Yeah. Case Keenum. That's a, he, he used to be the Vikings quarterback, no? He did. But he almost then got them guy, to a Super Bowl. Then that guy took over. Okay, this is the video. This is Kirk Douglas. Oh, wow. Yeah, see? I'm telling you right now. Got to, it's, it looks interesting, really cool. uh, interesting who you follow on social media, John. Me? Yeah, you. What do you mean? It just pops up. It just popped up. Yeah. Okay. Part of my algorithm, as the kids say. Right. I got to find the so, reverse uh, So angle. you don't follow that. It just, it just at, shows up for you. Look at his abs. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> see? Yeah. Okay, I mean, see? I got he's a gotta be. He's got to be in his 30s. Yeah. That's impressive. Pretty shredded for a nerdy looking dude. Yeah, yeah, pretty solid quarterback. <laughs> he is. No, I'm a very big Kirk Cousins fan. Uh, I think that he is a lot better than He's that. a former Redskin. You can say that, I think. Because I, I, sometimes I watch uh, their games and it'll say, like, ex-commanders coach. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, he wasn't. He was the Redskins coach. They weren't the commanders back in 1974. That's a very good point. So Kirk Cousins was an ex-Redskin quarterback. He is. Was, I guess. Yes. Whatever. All right, speaking of your team, their division rival, the Dallas Cowboys, on the road against the Green Bay Packers. I think this is kind of an interesting game, only because uh, the Green Bay Packers, and really Aaron Rodgers, kind of puked all over themselves against Detroit. Your look ahead here was three. It's up to five and a half. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the story here is the fact that this is a Packers team that's pretty beat up. Romeo Dubs, their rookie receiver, is supposed to be a big part of it. In a boot, Aaron Jones also injured. Uh, they lose Rashawn Gary as well to a torn ACL. So this is a team that is losing a lot of dudes that are good role players for them or supposed to be. So what do you make of this and where this number goes? Five and a half is kind of dead, right? Like there's not going to be yeah. any rush to grab five and a half or lay five and a half. No, and, and you've always got to look at the time slot on these games. That game is the big – I guess 
is that considered the big afternoon game? Uh, that or Cardinals Rams, and I would say after watching the Rams play last weekend, they do not deserve to be the game right. of the weekend. So that's going to be the the Fox uh, game of the week, right? Yes. Cowboys Packers. So all the money will come in on Dallas. I wouldn't be surprised if the line went up. People are just. Although I will say we had some of our more respected people betting Green Bay last Sunday. I mean, I'm not a respected person, but I bet them. And Green Bay, they were turning the ball over in the red zone. They probably should have taken care of business. And that is a pretty high number. Plus five and a half at home against Dallas uh, is a little tempting, but the public won't care. The public will see the Cowboys. I think they're like six and two. Mm -hmm. And they're going to see that Green Bay has lost uh, four or five games in a row. And they're just going to bet on Dallas for sure. Yep. So we'll we'll need Green Bay. Green Bay, probably our biggest need of the week. Maybe the football team on Monday. Really? That's going to be interesting. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to to say sometimes, oh, we're going to need Houston against the New York Giants. The Sunday night game, Los Angeles. This has the potential to be a good one. Los Angeles Chargers on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, From a line perspective, look ahead here, three and a half. We are now up to seven in favor of the San Francisco 49ers over at the Superbook. Total 45 and a half. That's down two points from your look ahead number of 47 and a half. So I will ask that. I mean, look, the 49ers, am I wrong in saying that the 49ers are, are they a sharp team? A lot of people, the respected people, seem to think very highly of this team, and they yeah. seem to be highly rated by the market as well. That's how it was last year. Yeah. There was a lot of people that, that thought if they got into the postseason, they could do some damage. That's exactly what happened. I mean, they really, they should have probably gone to the Super Bowl. They blew that fourth quarter lead against the Rams. Although they never should have been in the game because they only got there because they blocked a punt against the Pat. Well, either way, they made a nice run in the playoffs. Uh, the Chargers as a road dog are usually the sharp side. Yeah. But the Chargers have a lot of guys hurt right now, and the 49ers are they're a hot team. They, they, they brought in McCaffrey. They smoked the Rams two weeks ago. They've got all these weapons on offense. They're getting healthier. They're very well coached. I don't know if that I can say that about the Chargers. So I think that the, the number is very tempting to play the dog here. That worries me. I would say so, but I think the matchup, and this is why I think this number's also moved a little bit, uh, Chargers right now, last or in the bottom 20s in a lot of run defense metrics they just lost austin johnson one of their interior defensive linemen for the season with a knee injury so that's not going to help him out you know the falcons ran for over 200 yards against him last weekend that was a crazy i saw the replay of that play where they they intercepted a pass and then they fumbled the fumble that yeah yeah Yeah, that was terrific the turnover that turned into a fumble the other way yeah yeah i saw that play it was really heartbreaking that was uh for somebody (laughs) i mean it was it ended up a push for me but for somebody who had you know taken three with atlanta yeah i would i think you probably deserved that one (laughs) i feel like i did uh Uh, when somebody runs for over 200 yards and 5.7 yards per carry i uh i want that at that point uh let me ask you this very quickly because we've talked about the seahawks we've talked about the 49ers where have you guys gone in terms of, or where's the market gone in terms of the Seahawks, 49ers, and the NFC West? Because the Seahawks now at this point, they are the second choice at the Superbook yeah. to win the NFC West. Sure. It does seem like it's between these two, given the Rams' struggles. Well, it is. I mean, the Cardinals are basically irrelevant until they get rid of Kingsbury, and the Rams are a mess. So right now, I mean, I, I think San Francisco will catch Seattle. San Francisco, to me, clearly the second best team in the NFC. Sorry, Vikings. But mm-hmm. I would say San Francisco's clearly number two behind Philadelphia. And Dallas is in the mix somewhere, but but uh, Seattle has definitely passed those other two teams. Uh, Seattle's playing great right now, and and the and the point spreads are showing it. Although we did just move the Bucks three, John. 49ers odds on favorite here at Superbook minus one forty five to win the NFC West. Quick tip by the way, odds on that means you know minus price uh, more than fifty percent plus one sixty five for the Seattle Seahawks, ten fifty five for the Rams, and then uh, about uh, forty five to one. 
on the Cardinals. About 40. What is the actual number? 44.75. Yeah, 44.75. Because they they like, some of the guys like to have these these wonky numbers. <laughs> like I was asked by one of your colleagues, uh, what was the what was the highest number we took a bet on Seattle to win the division at? So I looked it up. Plus 44.95. I like it. Not 45 to 1. Yeah. That would have been too generous. Right. <laughs> we wouldn't do that. All right. Commanders at Eagles. Your guys, what do we do here? Eagles, um, they should be big favorites in this spot. 11 yeah. point favorites. Total of 44. It's where it stands right now. No real moves off of the open. I mean, uh, you guys look ahead line was 10. So you're a point up there. And the total down from 45 and a half to 44 from your look ahead line. I feel like the Eagles, I know they're the best team in the NFC. And I know they're, I'm pretty sure they're one of the three best teams in the league. But every week they play like a college team or a, a team that's barely professional level or a team that has an injured quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know those uh, things that we make for TikTok, yeah, about like teams against their college team against yes. college teams. That's what the Eagles' schedule is basically. That oh, we just played the Texans, and now we're going to play uh, the football team at home. Who do they play next week? I have to look that up for you, but I will I say think they play uh, they play Wisconsin next week. <laughs> I mean, when do they? I mean, I think the Eagles are really good. But when do they play a team with a healthy starting quarterback and a pulse? I actually think that's why it's hard to kind of get a gauge on how good they are. Actually, yeah. they actually are, right? I think that's kind of fair when you're looking at Philadelphia. I believe they have a bye week next week. I'll double check though. That'll be tough. Yeah. A bye week? No, they had their bye. No, they had their bye. They right. remember they had their bye oh, week. They, oh, look their, at that! They played they the Colts. Oh, another good team yeah. with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> so they they had their bye week and then they played at home against the Steelers. That's right. Yeah. And then they played at Houston. Now they're playing Washington. Then they play at the Colts. A team that just fired their coach and hired a guy that was working for ESPN last week. Yes, we'll need Washington big in this game, but I, I don't. I'd be surprised seriously if the line went any higher than this. That's a big number, and, yeah. and and Washington is a team that they're bad, but they're not like dreadfully bad. They can stay in games. They can be somewhat competitive. So I, I think the number's about as as high as it can go, unless all the favorites win on Sunday. Then all the parlays go to the Eagles, mm -hmm. and then you might see a bigger number. Will an official take somebody out in the secondary for I the did Washington see that. Commanders? I did see that. That was a great moment because you know I'm a big fan of the officiating in the NFL. I think it's very buttoned up, uh, and I enjoyed that play quite a bit. I have to read something that was sent to me, and I'm not good at taking things in. You don't know. Oh, this I see what it is. I see what it is. Yeah, they play the Lions, Vikings, Washington, Jacksonville, Arizona, Dallas with no Prescott. Pittsburgh, I don't like that. There, there's a there's a qualifier in there that says Kirk Cousins in primetime. I don't like that. Kirk Cousins is a. Is you're a, you're a big guy. Kirk Cousins guy. <laughs> big, big I didn't Kirk know Cousins that about guy. you. I mean, <laughs> the body, uh, the effectiveness as a player, the right. leader. I mean, yeah, you like him. Yeah, you, I got a wow from you on the six pack. So that's that was the only thing. <laughs> that was the only I didn't know that. I thought he was just like like I, I think you of him thought, as being you one thought, of those like Midwestern. Right. You thought uh, what like, I thought. He was skinny yeah. fat. Right. Like he was right. just some guy with like no real like body wow. to speak of. Shredded. Absolutely shredded. You Very interesting. That. Yeah, that's right. Very interesting. <laughs> Cousins was a, was a very popular figure in Washington. I can say that he they liked him. He called back to the "you like that" moment. By the way, when he beat the Commanders, did you see that? Broke the huddle with oh, the really? "you like that" on no. three, one, two, three. I didn't see that. Yeah, he was he was fired up. Uh, I don't right. think people in Washington care about the football team anymore. I mean, they might now that it might be get sold, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe because I, I haven't lived there in so long. Jeff Bezos going to come along and inject some life and money. In I, I saw so. this. I saw a thread on Twitter. Like, what would you want if Bezos bought the team? Like, what would you want him to change the name to? And A, I think it's funny that they're already talking about that because they just named them this. Right. But every response is Redskins, 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 Redskins. <laughs> no one likes the name. No. I like the uniforms, though. Uniforms look good. The all blacks? Solid. Yeah. 
No, I, I love the old helmet. I thought I, I really thought the Redskins had one of the best helmets in the league. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a lot of cases to be made. I think the Colts have a great helmet, but I, I thought the Redskins had a great one. Horseshoe has not brought them luck lately. No. See if it gets any better. Let's get an update on the ultimate football handicapping challenge. Hey guys, what's shaking in your super contest this week? So we have three entries tied for the lead, 32 and a half out of a possible 45 points, 72% against the spread. It feels sustainable. That's tough to keep up with. Do <laughs> you feel like they're showing off with those numbers? Uh, I mean, I feel like I would love to see the process. Right. <laughs> like what you're doing to hit at a 72% rate over the course of 45 games. Again, that's that inherently important. a small sample size, but still, sure. that's ridiculous to hit at a 72% clip. It's not that small of a sample size, not anymore. I mean, we just wrapped up the, uh, the first nine-week contest. Super Contest Reboot starts this week. You're, you're really reborn this week in the contest, John. You got a new three-week contest. Oh, I know. A new nine-week contest. Look, I went 0-4-1 last week. I'm never giving up, baby. That's what these super contests for. Right. We got all these that's why we. Yeah. That's why we did this was for people like me. It's like, oh, my God, I went 1-4. and four, I'm out. It's like, oh, good. There's a new contest starting. I got you down here on another contest at 1-2-2. Two, and two. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Two pushes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I, I, I want to go o o and five. That is actually. Can I ask you? That that does spark That's my memory here. We did have multiple games that were around three, land on three. What yeah. does that do for you guys? Is that bad? Is that good? Uh, it it kind of depends on how you book the games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're, I'm sure you're talking about the Rams game. That mm-hmm. we did really bad on that game. That comeback really cost us. Not because of the three, but just because we had some big house players that bet their bucks. You know that's. So much of what we do on the weekends just comes down to we need to win some of these decisions. Yeah. You know, like we we won so much money on Saturday because all these guys bet Tennessee and we won on this and the Astros. And then we had some really big house players bet Miami and they got crushed by Florida State. It's nothing that we really did or didn't do. I think sometimes the bookmakers out there, they would make you think that they are more special than they really are. I mean, you're just really trying to limit mistakes and not get beat on any mistakes that you could have out there, and then you just need your house players to lose some games. So anybody could do your job? Yes. Okay. I'll, anybody. I'll apply. That's the truth. <laughs> I mean, people make themselves out to be so special and so smart, and it's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, we just need some of these games to go our way, and then sometimes when we lose big, it's because we had some big house player come in, and he, he goes 3-0, and and it's like, okay, well... Good for you. I mean, seriously, good for you. They'll be back. That's what this industry, I think, uh, spurns forward. A lot of people who think they're a lot smarter and special oh, than they that. really are. My God. <laughs> I, it's insane how, well, let's go to the college. Not special. Alabama. Not anymore, my friend. LSU gets the win in overtime. 32-31, the walk-off two-point conversion. We begin here when it comes to college football. Superbook line 12, 63 and a half on the road against Ole Miss. Dare I say, so you mentioned the SEC and how good it's been in the past. Dare I say the SEC this year? I mean, Georgia I, know, looks- I, I hear this every year. I know where you're going with this, John. I, every year I got to hear about, oh, the SEC's down. And then, like, last year we get into the playoff and Georgia and Alabama win. Oh, right, because they're there. And yeah. now Georgia's a dominant team. But that does not mean yeah. the rest of the SEC is an incredible juggernaut. I don't know. I feel like I've been, I've been having this argument for, like, 10 years with people. Yeah. And the SEC just wins a national championship, like, every year. Right. One team out of the SEC does. But isn't that good? 
to I win mean, the national sure. championship. If one of the if one of two programs, it's not like it's this cycle of right Ole Miss and Texas A and M and all these other squads that are winning. I these would things. argue that it is. I mean, the last three national championships, unless I'm forgetting something, have all been won by SEC schools, and it was yep. three different schools. It was LSU, then Alabama, then Georgia. Uh huh. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It is. Yeah. It doesn't, but so my argument here is like, for example, I don't, I don't understand your argument. There, if if a, if one conference won the college basketball in three consecutive tournaments with three different teams, which might happen this year, if Texas yeah. or TCU or yeah. Texas Tech wins, that would be incredibly impressive by the Big Twelve. Uh, everybody would be talking about how impressive that is. I think. Right. I get it. What I'm saying is that doesn't make the depth of the conference that much better. So, for example, we have this Ole Miss team who. Really, the resume from a, from a resume standpoint hasn't looked overly impressive. We'll see if they can get no. this against Alabama, right? Or LSU, who just got their best one of the season, obviously, beating Alabama. How could Brian Kelly, how could he possibly beat Alabama in his first year? He's a good coach. A good coach? He's a really good coach. It's insane. Yeah. That program was so far down last year. I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan. No? But, Wow. Is all like sometimes you have to just admit that somebody's awesome. But I do wonder, like, so for Alabama, for example, right this year at least, when we have now seen consistently Alabama struggling in these true road spots. Yeah, <laughs> we saw what happened they against Tennessee. Lo- they should have lost to Texas too. They should have lost that to Texas. That should have been their third road loss. So if they lose at LSU, it goes back to last year, right? They had multiple run-ins on the road last mm-hmm. year, turning Florida away on a two-point conversion. Like the list goes on and on in terms of Alabama struggling on the road. Do wonder if here on the road against Ole Miss, like Alabama is consistently rated very highly. And, you know, it is a lot of it perception and rightfully so. They have a lot of talent there. But at the same time, it does seem that whatever it is, whether it is the SEC catching up with Alabama or just talent overall getting better in college football, going on the road is a lot harder for Alabama nowadays. And I wonder if the market just isn't doing enough to adjust here. Like 12 on the road against Ole Miss, like we've seen this before, Alabama, in terms of laying big numbers on the road, hasn't worked out. People aren't going to like this. The, the same way that they didn't like it when I said that Duke wasn't a well-coached basketball team. Alabama's not a well-coached football team. Alabama, their play calling in that LSU game was terrible. You know, they've got this incredible weapon at quarterback. Get him out on the run. Move him around a little bit. They've got Gibbs out of the backfield. Their play calling was so bad. They gave away that game to LSU, and I've seen that a lot this season. And I don't understand how their defense can be playing this poorly. Because mm-hmm. I know that that defense is full of guys that are going to be in the NFL. How can their defense possibly get shredded like this week after week? Not a well-coached team. I don't know how good Ole Miss is because they have played such a bad schedule. Uh, but I, I do think uh, I do think it'll be a fun game. And I'm still rooting for Alabama to get into the playoff because I think it'd be funny. Oh, that would be, yes. People would go nuts. I was actually really rooting they for would go nuts. Illinois to win out and make it into the college football playoff. That would be, that that would be, be funny. But that like, would be objective. Imagine if Alabama got in and they beat Georgia in the SEC title game to get in, so therefore they made the one seed not an SEC school, and then Alabama was favored against them, people would, would be hysterical. So, And Alabama would probably win. Alabama public side this weekend? They, oh, Nick Saban, uh, after a loss, he's going to get these guys ready to go. They will be, but not as much as they would be because they're coming in off of another loss. Yeah. And I think everybody knows they would have lost to Texas if Quinn Ewers hadn't got hurt. This is just a, a wildly underachieving Alabama team, and we're totally shocked by that. Mm. We looked at their team coming into the season, we thought like this could be the best Alabama team of the Saban era. They were really ahead of it last year. They weren't supposed to be in the national championship game last year. That was a really young team. They brought everybody back, including a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. 
and they're kind of lousy by their by their standards, which are pretty high. Do you build up a lot of liability on like Alabama futures? Them no, we didn't because we had, we okay. had their odds so low. Yeah. So yeah, not really. I, it would have been good if they could have won. We don't want to see UCLA win it all, John. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So let's start with the Pac-12. <laughs> Is that like real? You have built up some yes, liability on them? Yes, um, Very concerning. Can I say very concerning also? That's why these college football playoff rankings don't mean anything. The fact that USC is ranked ahead of UCLA is absolutely ridiculous, given their uh, resumes and what they've done up to this Is point. that right? So the, uh, they put out the new rankings last night? Yes. Who was number four? Uh, number four was TCU. That's right. TCU, that could be a fraudulent team. Yeah. That could be, that could be a fraudulent team. There. When we'll you see. Uh, in their last five games, four starting quarterbacks have been knocked out of the game. You're getting a little lucky at that point right there if you're TC. Uh, yeah. So we'll see, though. They're well coached, though, and they've got some great weapons at wide receiver. Well, so that's the natural jumping off point. Then well, let's continue on that path. TCU on the road against Texas. Have you seen betting patterns from respected betters on Texas? Because yes. reading the market every single week, it's like Texas, line moves in their favor. Texas, line moves in their favor. Mm-hmm. Texas. And it finally happened because it moved in their favor against Iowa State. They barely won that game. They moved in their favor. They had one more game. Oh, Oklahoma State, right? Moved in their favor in that yeah. game. They lost that game outright. So finally, it gets Kansas State. It works out for a lot of these sharp betters. And now we're talking about a full seven here against TCU. And they are definitely betting Texas. Yeah. The sharper players are going to bet Texas against TCU. I, I know that. I mean, I'm sure this is a spot they were looking for. TCU is one of these teams. They keep kind of slipping by, sneaking by. People are waiting for them to falter. And this looks like the perfect spot for that. Because Texas is better than their record, and they're better than their ranking. Just look at the line in that game. I mean, te- the odds makers, the bookmakers consider Texas to be much better than TCU. That's there, why they're a seven-point favorite in the game. On there Saturday. are quite a few sharp betters I've spoken to that have them rated as a top ten team in the country. Texas. Yeah, I would say that's probably accurate. I mean, they're, Texas is—they've really turned a corner this season, uh, and and I think yours is as good as any quarterback in the country. Yep, and they probably should have won that game against Alabama. I'll say well, they should have won. Yeah. All right, last college football game to throw at you because you mentioned the Pac-12. Washington on the road against Oregon. Now, uh, Oregon number, I think uh, they're a little, I think they're seven in the country of the college football playoff mm-hmm. rankings. I'll double check on that one. But regardless, Oregon's tough, man. They are. And look, their only loss at this point is Georgia. And albeit, they got absolutely demolished. They did. But they have a lot on their plate here. So they, they continue with their style points deal. Like they want to continue to win these games and win them big because I think at the end of the day, if they're a one loss conference champion, they can get in this right now. And by the way, Oregon's sixth in the college football playoff ranking. If but, they win out, they're going to be in the. Yeah. If they win their last, what is it, three games, they got a tricky game, though. They got to go to Corvallis for the Civil War. I believe that's the day, two days after Thanksgiving. And Oregon State is frisky this year, man. That's going to be a hell of a game. Their that, resume gonna a tough game. is going to be a lot better. Because, yeah, you look at their schedule. Washington, mm-hmm. Utah, both home games. Home. And then the road game against yeah, Oregon State. Those are three tough games. And that's, those are resume builders. If they can get through that and then win a Pac-12 champion, uh, championship, I would agree with that. I will ask you this. Do you start to see teams like Oregon garner a little bit more public support because they need style points at this point of the year? Uh, I haven't seen that yet. I know what okay. you're saying. Like they they need to get a blowout. Right. I, I don't think the public is even thinking that uh, in that regard. They just see the favorite and they lay the points. Okay. They're going to definitely be on Oregon this week. Washington's having a good season as well. I believe they're seven and two. Yeah. Uh, so they're 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 also playing pretty well. That's a pretty big number for a, a decent Washington team. Bo Nick's playing good football as well. Yeah, um, he is. He actually is playing good pretty well, <laughs> which is fun. It's been I'm happy for Bo Nick's. It, no, it's a, yeah. I like the turnaround. He's a good player, yeah, and uh, we'll see what happens when they actually make it, if they do, to the college football Well, Auburn is not exactly lighting it up without him. You know, no, sometimes I mean, be, be careful what you wish for, folks. They've lost a lot more than just Bo Nix, though. True. That uh, program has been an absolute nightmare. By the way, to my point, USC 8, UCLA 12. 
So you don't like you know you I'm a USC fan because Caleb Williams is a fellow Gonzaga Purple Eagle, my okay. high school. Oh, okay, really? So I, I, I root for USC. <laughs> Uh, you don't care about that. Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State by three, <laughs> Arizona State, Washington State. They lost to Utah, and they beat that was Arizona a ref, That was a ref show in Salt Lake City, man. Regardless, that is that is a terrible, terrible resume for UCLA, wow. or for, excuse me, for USC. Meanwhile, UCLA has wins over Washington and Utah. They did lose to Oregon. It doesn't matter because don't they play each other? They do. But so what's the difference? I think it matters when it gives the college football playoff rankings and you see these committees and their varying scales of, hey, mm-hmm. this matters, but that doesn't. Here's how much the college football playoff rankings in November matter. I didn't even know the show was last night. Got to know these things. I wouldn't even possibly. Who cares? I mean, like, I mean, seriously, at this point, what's the difference? All these teams are going to play one another. Yeah. In the next couple of weeks, it'll all shake out. It does give you an insight to the people not knowing what they're doing. I already knew that the people didn't know what they're doing. <laughs> they have no idea what they're doing. Hey, if you know what you're doing, what you're going to do is like, rate, review, and subscribe. Odds Makers Podcast presented by Superbook Sports, and also. If you're, I don't know, free Thursday night, Wicked Wolf out in Hoboken, I'll be out there. Tiki Barber, as well as his wife, Tracy Johnson, will be there, too. A little sports betting 101. Watch the Thursday night game. Starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time, so come on out, hang out, and say what's up. But until then, Oddsmakers, we'll be back next week. For John, for myself, we'll see you then. You've been locked into the Oddsmakers Podcast. The Oddsmakers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports, featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Jonathan Bontor. Hit our subscribe button, rate, review, and never miss out on weekly behind-the-counter access to the biggest events in sports. The Oddsmakers Podcast is a production of Green Roll Media. Green Roll Media, the world's premier sports betting podcast network.